we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Dream Architect Life podcast. I have with me an extra special guest today. So I am going to set the stage for who you are about to hear from. Uh, with me today, I have Dr. Patty Ann Tublin. She is the CEO and founder of Relationship Toolbox LLC, a training and development consulting firm specializing in the development of emotional intelligence. That is a tongue twister and other soft skills that promote optimal individual and group performance that impacts the bottom line. It doesn't stop there. Patty Ann has two Amazon best-selling books, one being Not Tonight, Dear, I've Got a Business to Run, and Money Can Buy Happiness, Secrets Women Need to Know to Get Paid What They Are Worth. Both of these received glowing testimonials from none other than Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank. As a professional speaker, Dr. Patty Ann has keynoted both virtually and in person in places like London, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Nigeria, and New York. Her enthusiasm, as you're about to see, is contagious and her knowledge is second to none. She's been featured in major media platforms like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox Business News, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, Forbes, Inc., Success. I don't even know what else is out there. Uh, she has uh, a world-class education, a doctorate in clinical psychology, two master's degrees, executive coaching certification. She's an RN. But most importantly, she's happily married, a mother of four children, including a set of identical twin boys. So all that being said, Dr. Patty Ann, I am so excited to have you here today. Oh my goodness, Brittany, thank you so much. When I hear that bio, I think, God, am I old. <laughs> it's not old, it's seasoned and mature. That's what it thank is. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am really excited to be here. I was looking forward to this all day, all week. So thank you. You are welcome. And we'll get right into it. You know, I've given some of the more formal introduction stuff, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about your journey. What got you to this point? Where have you been? All the good stuff that was maybe left out of the bio. Okay. So um, it's, I don't know, it's not really that exciting, other than the fact that I'm totally unemployable, so I had to work for myself. So what happened was back when the dinosaurs ruled the world, I have my training is as a clinical psychologist, right? So I have a peach, a doctorate in clinical psychology, and I was doing traditional marriage therapy with a couple 
from Greenwich, Connecticut. So it's where the master, one of the places where masters of the universe live in, uh, in the States. And actually it was a lovely couple and the man was a CEO and I was helping him and his wife on communication. And I am going way back. And his wife turned to the man and said, Bill, this is what your leadership team needs. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And he said, you're right. Because, you know, husband and wives, they usually talk about the work that they do together or that they do separately. And he said to me, Dr. Patty, and can you come in and coach my team on communication? And I looked at him and I said, I don't know. He goes, yes, you can. Anyway, so what happened was that was really the beginning of me, the beginning of me moving away from that work as a therapist and moving into coaching and consultant consulting. And what I discovered, and I went back and I got more training, different types of training. But what I discovered is at the heart of all my work helping entrepreneurs in the corporate environment, helping entrepreneurial couples, is, is truly an understanding of the human psyche, right? And human emotion, human behavior, human performance. And that really is under the major umbrella of emotional intelligence. So much of, most of the coaching and the consulting I do, whether it's to get your team to buy in, whether it's your leaders are killing each other and I have to teach them how to play nice in the sandbox, it really all stems from some aspect of emotional intelligence. I have to comment this. You know, when you think about emotional intelligence and you're talking to about the, the difference in your journey of, you know, how you started with the married couple and then this kind of spun, and then you got into more of the, like the corporate world, the leadership and, and really helping people. I think that like, when we think about communication as a whole, if you think about that can be absolutely the root of all heartache right? Like, like the lack of communication and the lack of emotional intelligence, which is why I get so excited talking to you about this stuff. You know, I think that is, it can be such a cog or a cause for disaster in any form of relationship, be it personal or professional. So in all of your experience and the things that led up to this, you know, what would you say is the, the biggest issue that you see when it comes to communication or lack thereof? Okay, so let me just let me just preface my answer with commenting on what you said, which is a thousand percent correct. The ability to the ability to effectively communicate will determine the overall quality of your life. It will determine your happiness in your personal life. It will determine if you're an effective parent. It will determine if you're a good friend and it will determine your success in the workplace, whether you're an entrepreneur or a corporate person. So the biggest issue, the main issue in communication is the inability to actively listen. You know, somebody, this is not so smart. Somebody said to me years ago, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much as you speak. And it sounds so easy, but it's really not. So let me just fill in a little bit. The reason why active listening is so important is most people don't realize it, but the goal of communication is not to get your message across. The primary goal of all communication is to connect. So how do you stay connected when emotions 
start to run high, when your emotional intelligence becomes tested, right? The way you stay connected is to listen. But I say actively listen because many people listen and I'm guilty as charged as well. In the heat of the moment, we listen to find fault with what the other person said. Or quite frankly, we listen distracted thinking, I wonder when they're gonna shut up so I can say what I wanna say, right? But, but when you actively listen, you are listening for an ear to understand and to be able to empathically then respond. And when you can do that, you can keep your connection. And then and only then can you resolve any conflict at any level. Mm. I think that's so brilliantly said. And, you know, I'm flashing through my own head as you're talking about that, thinking, you know, there's definitely instances where if there is friction, like in my own life, it's probably because I'm not actively listening and I'm being in a more like reactive state versus trying to kind of meet the person where they're at really hear and really understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So to pivot this a little bit, you know, we tend to work with a lot of kind of a couple different demographics, a lot of business owners and a lot of married couples, people who have, you know, spent their entire life building success together. And then they get to this point where they have all this free time and retirement call it, which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but a lot of time that equates time. So one of the things that we've heard in our in conversations with people is that, you know, especially for those that have had uh, maybe a high profile career or driving towards massive success for so long, they've been in a position of authority. Then they get to spend a bunch of time with their spouse that they maybe haven't spent that same sort of spent that same sort of time with. So what would you say to somebody who is in call it like an okay marriage, an okay relationship? They're going this next chapter. I want it to be the best one yet. How do I make this or take this from okay to great when it comes to this communication and this topic that we're on? So that's a great question. And what happens is, and that this happens, not just when very successful people retire, but when very successful people are in their career. And, And I actually had a really successful guy I coached say this to me, and he was hysterical. He said, this guy sits on boards of directors now. I mean, he sold his tech guy. He's I love this guy. And he said, I owned a company, Dr. Patty Ann, where 4,000 people not just jumped at my every command, but anticipated it. Like if I would say, gee, I really love diet soda, the next day, every refrigerator in the company would have diet soda in it. It's hysterical. He goes, I walk home, I have five kids. The only one that greets me is the dog. And the only one that wants me to pet them is the dog. And then I have everybody else tell me, take the garbage out. I don't care who, I don't care how your day went kind of thing. So when you have this dynamic of very successful people or people in a position of power, that happens during their career as well. But when they're retired, they have more opportunity for that power struggle, if you will, to appear. So I think what you're asking me is, so how do you establish that equilibrium again? So what I would suggest you do is allow yourselves to introduce yourself to each other again. Make an introduction. This is who I was. This is who I am. This is who I would like us to be growing together. 
That's the best way that I can say it. Because otherwise, you know, you go through 30 years of marriage, you raise a couple of kids, you work really hard. Now you're in your golden years, even though I don't like that expression, but now you have time and you have money, right? It's a, it's a shame that you've lost your connection and then you're laying in bed and you turn to the person, you're like, who the hell are you, right? But that doesn't, but if you still love each other and care for each other enough, not like you did when you started because life is not a fairy tale, but enough and you have someone in your life that you can spend the rest of your life with, reintroduce yourself because you're probably the diff a different person today than when you got married, just as your spouse or your partner is. You know, I, I, I love what you're saying here. And I think there's, there's like a deeper relevance too. So I'll just tell you that one of the things that I, like when we were first introduced, that one of the things that I admired so greatly and still do to this day is the fact that you have built massive success for yourself and your family, and you continue to take it to the next level but something that you've done that not everybody can do when you are chasing that success and you do have that drive to keep adding impact is that you stayed married and you had a thriving and have a thriving relationship and you have kids that are contributing to this world. And as a mama of young babies, I mean, I can only hope to aspire and, and be in that same boat at some point in time. So I would have to imagine that along the way that there was like a value alignment where you and your husband, and I even think about this from, you know, how you coach and teach and how do you go about defining values? Number one, but how do you help people get to the core of defining their values so that they have that foundation to build off of? Okay. So first of all, thank, thank you for that compliment. Of course, you know, my life, my marriage, my family is not, and has never been a bed of roses, right? No, nobody's is, Amen. But, but, but I was very fortunate where, you know, I always say when people say to me about my four children, I'm like, you know, they have a father and they, ha they have a very involved, very loving. He probably has the highest emotional, he's brilliant, but he also probably has the highest emotional intelligence of almost anybody I've ever met. And so many times I would be upset or I would worry about something. And he would say, what, why are you worrying about it? There's nothing you can do, especially when it comes to the kids. And there's a little difference of the mom and the dad are going on in there. But, but still, he's like, or if, if I made a mistake or I said something, or let's say I blew something on this podcast, I'd go home and be like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what I did to Brittany. I feel so, he goes, you're only human. Did, what, did you mean to do it? Was it malicious? So there's that piece. But I think, I think for me, I've, I've always wanted a full life. And for me, one of the reasons why I was able to create, I say women can have it all. You're doing it all. I'm doing it all. Our definition of all might be different, but just because somebody else might be limited in what they can do doesn't define our limitations. Okay. It, that doesn't work for me. And I did when I had my fourth child, I knew I had to work for myself in some capacity because so I had my twins two years. I had my twins two minutes apart, two years, two years and two months later, I had my third son. My twins were very sick. They were all boys. Boys are younger, longer, and they were premature. So I had three babies and then I had my daughter. So I had four children in six years. 
And I share that with you only because I knew there was a way I wanted to, not what my husband wanted. My husband said, do what you want to do. I'll support you. So be careful who you choose. Mm. Be careful who you choose to spend the rest of your life with. And when I had my daughter, two things happened. One night she was about three weeks old and I was sitting on my couch and I was looking out at the property. I'm like, wow, this is really nice property. I'm like, oh my God, you're starting to appreciate the landscape. You got to get back to work. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? But then when I went back to work, I realized, so on Monday, my son, John might have a dumb little skit at school to go to at 10 o'clock, but it's important to him. And then on Tuesday, his brother might have something. And then on Wednesday, and then my daughter soon enough. And the most understanding boss in the world might say yes the first time, maybe the second time. The third time, they're going to sit me down and say, I don't think so. To which I would say, I don't think so. And, and then off I went. So I knew I had to work for myself. And you know, I was fortunate. My husband made career, uh, sacrifices in his career for my career, but it was about our family. And in terms of the values that were aligned, that's, there's a little bit of luck, make no mistake about it. But our families loved each other. To, I, mean, I always joke and say, sometimes I love my in-laws more than my husband. Like I loved my in-laws and they're not with us now. They were wonderful people. Everybody loved my in-laws and, and, and my in-laws loved my mother and our families were very different. So we had good role models on for what our values were. And we both appreciated each other as an individual. Like my husband never quieted my voice. It's not like I was... You know what I mean when I say it's Absolutely, not like I was yeah. allowed to speak. Like I would, we, we, we could agree to disagree respectfully, sometimes quite loudly, but it, it, it's not character assassination. It's just, yeah. it's a difference. And I was very lucky when I was writing my two books, I would, I don't know how I did it. I'd come home from work. I would, we'd have dinner. We, I put some slop together. You know, I don't really cook. Uh, <laughs> And one of my sons is like an entre a restaurant entrepreneur. Then I'd go and I'd write my book. And then on the weekends, I would write my book. I couldn't have done that alone. So there was a lot of luck involved. But I was, you know, I just knew as we went along, we dated for seven years. You know, I'm, I'm not a, I don't know if you did this or not. I'm not a big fan on four months and you get married. I know people do it and I know it works. But I do believe you need at least one full season for with anybody to see how they react because you pretty much get everything covered in a year. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, one more thing, you're yeah. not going to change anybody. If you see that red flag and you think I'll change that, maybe the way they dress, maybe, maybe the hairstyle, but only something superficial. You're not going to address who they are in their heart. Hey, Brittany here, letting you know that our newest book, Dream Architecture, is available for you on Amazon.com. It hit the Amazon bestsellers list within the first 24 hours of launch. Be sure to hop on over and grab your copy of Dream Architecture today. You know, and, and I, I'm so glad that you brought that out because one of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast is just how impactful the people that you surround yourself with actually are in your life and how that can either be a catalyst for growth and success and fulfillment. And like you said, a very full life, 
or it can be a catalyst for despair and frustration and anguish and pain and all of those different things. So I think by you bringing that up, it's so important. And I, and I'll give this example too. You know, I was married once before I, you know, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever told you this one. So I was no. married once before and we had dated for a really long time, like seven years, I think it was. And we were married for less than a year and it took, you know, a couple I guess, um, big realizations for me as I was starting to plan for my future. And I was looking at who I was at that point and who I wanted to be. I mean, he was not a very nice man and I had kind of put up with it and my own traumas and things. And you could give a million reasons why I, I chose that path. And I can honestly say that after making the decision to get out of that marriage and leave that relationship I mean, my life completely did a 180 and then maybe flipped on its head a few more times in a positive direction. And I can truly attribute it to choosing then my now husband, the right person. You know, I, I surround myself with different professionals and mentors and friends and family and my in-laws. It's the same thing. You know, I absolutely love, love my mother-in-law, love my sisters and, and all of that stuff. So I think it, it makes such a massive difference when you are intentional about about who you put yourself in close proximity with. So percent, and, and nothing more important than who you choose to spend your life with and make no mistake about it. It's a choice. Amen. Yeah. Don't play the victim. You yeah. have a choice in, out, make it work, maybe not make it work, but it, you know, they say level, level rises, water rises to its own level or something like that. That's what happens with the people we surround ourselves with. Amen. That is just incredibly true. So you made a comment a little bit ago that I want to pull out and you said something about how, you know, make, mo make no mistake. You know, my life hasn't always been roses and sunshine and it's not all perfection. So I would love to hear about a time in your life where you have overcame fear, what that looked like, maybe what that fear was and how you got to the other side of it. Okay. So, Wow. I want all the listeners to know we did not prep any of this call because it is so on the heels of what we just talked about. I will tell you what it is. I say this humbly. I, I, I'm always learning, but I've never been anybody that's doubted my intelligence. I mean, I, I, I know I, it was cards that were given to me. I have nothing to do with it. And as Kennedy said, to whom much is given in any arena, much is expected, right? And I do also genuinely love to learn. And when my kids are playing baseball and I'll see some of those parents today, they'll be like, you always had a book in your hand. I was always reading, always. I also didn't want to hear the politics too of the baseball team, <laughs> but, I, but I was always reading. So I, I had more than one agenda. But I will, I will tell you one of the things that happened when I started my journey being coming a coach moving away from the traditional therapist. I remember going home and saying to my husband, you know, I don't know. I mean, can I do this? That's not what I do. Cause I always wanted a private practice. I was really successful early on. Like I was very lucky. Anyway, he goes, what do you mean you can't do it? Of course you can do it. And I'm like, I don't know this. Is, he goes, just do it. And, and, and I really did doubt it for a long time. I was afraid that there was an element of this isn't who I am. This isn't what I do. This isn't what I was trained for. And he was like, get trained for it and learn it and you can do it. And in fairness, I, I do think almost, uh, this is my prejudice. I think all coaching has a human psychology back. Like I've got the foundation. So I feel like I'm playing with the stack deck, right? When I do yeah. all my work. So it was being in a relationship with someone that unconditionally supported me 
and would quiet my doubt and then support what needed to be done to be able to move to the next level. To, the, to this day, like Brittany, we'll, we'll go to events and sometimes I really suck and I'll, I'll, it'll be like the middle of August. I'm like, I forgot to tell you, I've got to go to Phoenix in September. Here you go, have a great time. Is Nick gonna be there? Say hello. Is Brittany gonna be there? Say hello. So I've been really, really fortunate that way. Mm. And it, it makes, it makes such a world of difference. And I, I sit here listening and I'm like, there are so many similarities to my interaction with my husband and what you're talking about. It's, it's almost bizarre as I sit here listening to you in a really positive way. So thank you. And I'll tell you one more story. I don't know if you know this story. I I've also been someone that is tell me, I can't tell me I can't do it. Really? You don't want to do that. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I'm going to date myself and I am not that old, but when I was a kid, they didn't have sneakers for girls. Can you believe that, Brittany? That's crazy. I can't even imagine that. Right? <laughs> anyway, and I wanted to play basketball. And my parents supported that. So I was very lucky that I had parents that did not slot me into, like one of the books I talk about, I was never raised to think I couldn't do something because I was a girl. To this day, it blows my mind that people think your capability has anything to do with your gender. I'm like, what? Anyway, whole different conversation. And so I wanted to play best. So I had to go out. I guess I went with my mother to John's bargain store because we had no money. But and we bought the black high top con sneakers with the circle and the star in the middle because I needed to play basketball. I was not playing them with that whatever stupid pair. Of I'm sure I had one pair of shoes. And so I had these sneakers and unbeknownst to me, and I'm still like this, and this is a positive and a negative. It was considered scandalous, scandalous. Wow. What is your daughter doing wearing boys sneakers? She's going to turn. And at the time it would have been like, you know, maybe she'd become a lesbian, like all this crazy stuff. And, and I'm like, and I might've heard a little bit of it, but when I'm determined, it was so irrelevant to me. It mm -hmm. was such noise that I don't remember saying, are you crazy? I just remember not hearing it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And that's really helped me be successful as well. You, you couldn't have set up this next question any better because you know, the thing that keeps reeling through my head, you talk about this resilience and these experiences and having this kind of ability to be like, okay, you say, I can't do something. Watch me. You know, I always say, I'm like challenge accepted if, if there's ever doubt. So, you know, I think about so many of the people we, we interact with a lot of our clients, they're kind of going in this next chapter. Like maybe they've just sold a business, had a major liquidity event, and now they're defining the what's next mm -hmm. uh, again. Maybe it's somebody who is, they've, they've had that high profile type position authority. They're important. Their needs mattered. And now they're going into this next chapter. So one of the things that we have heard is that I'm too old. It's too late. I'm too this. I'm not enough. This, like, what would you say to somebody that has any of those excuses? Says who mm. is the only one that's saying it is you to yourself. So what, what would your life look like if you did it? Forget the, forget the negatives. What would your life look like if you could do whatever it is? Why do you feel that you, you don't deserve that? Why isn't, why are you not worth that chance? Mm. It's a much longer conversation, 
but in a nutshell for the sake, sake of time, that's what I would say. Yeah. And, and I, I love that because there is this narrative that we often have in our heads. And, and, you know, I was at a conference recently and the gentleman presenting was talking about how our brain is a processor, not a truth teller. Mm-hmm. And basically what that means, and you know, this, that whatever we're putting in, that's what our brain is trying to find evidence of. So right. I am glad that you went that direction because we are our own worst enemy and there aren't any limitations and the possibilities are, are absolutely, absolutely endless. So, you know, one thing that I, I want to ask is the other that, thing I'll say, the other thing I want to yeah. say, it, it, it's, I just want to simplify what you're saying is our brain doesn't know the difference between fact or fiction. So if we tell ourselves we're stupid, our brain will believe it and then it will find evidence for that or create evidence in a neural pathway. And if we tell ourselves we're smart, our brain will find evidence for that. That's why the way we speak to ourselves is so important. And the only limitations we have are the limitations we put on ourselves. And, you know, this is one thing that I've been doing with my kids. And some people might think this is a little bit woo woo or out there, but because of exactly what you just explained, I'll go to, you know, my, my, I think about my five-year-old and I'll be like, okay, repeat after me. I am smart. I am capable. I am beautiful. And some of it, she can't even pronounce half the words, but I'm like, I'm going to intentionally teach my kids to put this in their brain at an early age. So when they get to my age and my mom's age, and they're traveling their own journey through life, that they're having that foundation of confidence built up so that they are putting the right stuff in their brain. So I highly recommend, you know, we have a lot of grandparents that we work with and deal with doing that with your grandkids. I mean, those kind of things are so great foundationally to start young too. Absolutely. Well, there's neuroscience behind that too. So if people want to think it's woo-woo, hook them up to a machine and watch what their brain does when they say, I am smart, I am beautiful, I am capable. Watch the pattern that gets created. And then watch Mm -hmm. the pattern that gets created if you say yourself you're stupid and you're not capable. And see if there, spoiler alert, see if there might be a correlation between maybe depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I have to ask this question, you know, when you think about, again, you've accomplished so much, you've done more in your lifetime than, than most people would. So when you think about, about that, but thank you, <laughs> I believe that to be true. That's what I'm telling my brain today. So, you know, Dr. Patty Ann, when you think about kind of your next chapter, twofold question here, number one, what are you super excited about that you're working on? But number two, what is one of your big, call it a bucket list, call it a big dream, something that you have for yourself that you're going after full force? Oh, okay. So let me start with the second question first. Okay. Pre-COVID, I would have said I wanted to be a speaker at Davos. Is that crazy? And I think that's because when I was in Saudi Arabia and Dubai, all a lot of the women were there that go there. And then some of the corporate people that I've worked with, the big banks. And then since COVID and every that's that's not as important to me anymore. So the, I, I what I'm working on professionally though, is I really want to leverage myself online. As you know, I'm trying to start yeah. a mastermind group for entrepreneurial couples. So it, it's, it's to be the one to many. I'm working on that because there's only so many hours in the day. And then on a personal level, what was the question? What, 
one of your biggest dreams, biggest aspirations that you've got for yourself. Okay. All right. So this is going to sound bratty. My husband always, my husband used to sail on super oil tankers. And so he traveled around the world a lot and he, there was only, he'd been to all the continents except one. So he wanted to go, this was a couple of years ago. So he wanted to go to Antarctica. So I said, as a brat, I'll go to Antarctica, but then we have to go on a safari, <laughs> so, which we did. So two of the things I always wanted to do was to go on a safari and go to Antarctica, right? To travel. But I, I guess for me, it's not really a bucket list to check off as much as it's, it's a constant yearning to learn. Hmm. Like every day I want to go to bed just a little bit smarter and brighter and have more wisdom than when I, when I woke up mm-hmm. and just to continue to add value, because I do feel that my work is my gift. Only gift I got can cook, can clean, can sew, <laughs> can, like can't sing like, and, and I love it. And so I'm very lucky. And I also personally, I loved my, my oldest two children just got married. So I love watching my family expand. Honestly, that comes with complications. But, you know, because in the past, you know, you, you, you and your spouse would be the person that they go to for advice. And now there's this other person that they go to, which is the way it's supposed to be, but, but it's an, it's emotionally charged. It's like, oh, right. That's what we did too. But, you know, it puts you in touch with your mortality, shall we say, mm. but that's okay. Cause I'm living 10 lives. I love it. And I believe that actually, I think you have more energy than any human I've ever met. And I love that about you, you know, and, and I love, again, it's almost like you, you just knew exactly how to answer things because, you know, I think for so many people, we get to points in our lives where we've been fortunate to have great experiences and, you know, do the travel or do the things that kind of are the proverbial checkbox on the bucket list. And, you know, I think that fulfillment and kind of that reshaping of go back to the value system is so, so important. So I know that you have some great gifts that you are giving to our listeners. So I would love for you to talk about that before we ask maybe another question or two. Okay. What I, 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 I have an ebook on body language because body language, as we talked earlier about active listening and what somebody doesn't say is sometimes more important what they do say. So I'm pretty sure there's a link that you'll be providing and click on the link. You opt into the email, you get the body language report. And that would be, I would really love for you to have that. And I, Brittany and I was t- were talking earlier before we started. I also have a podcast that I would love for people to sign up for and tell all your friends. It's called The Trust Doctor, Restoring Trust and Enriching Significant Relationships. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok. So follow me, follow me. I, I can't recommend this enough because if you can't tell from this interview, Dr. Patty Ann has endless energy, enthusiasm. She's fun to listen to. So subscribe to the podcast. I can't stress this enough. There's invigorating conversations. She's having conversations with some pretty stinking high level people that will help you think different and just expose you to some really great ideas and brilliant minds. And I know that for a lot of our listeners, just from the feedback that we're receiving, that they resonate on that same level with being that lifelong learner, Uh, you know, and I can't help but think about, and I'll share this quick story before we go into our last little bit, but 
I think about an interview that I did with Brian's aunt. So for those listening, Brian, our founder, the other host that's typically on here. Oh, uh, Brian, he's so awesome. He is. And he had his aunt Jean. She was absolutely amazing. And if you've listened for a long time, you've, you've heard us talk about her before, but she was the epitome of a lifelong learner. So mm-hmm. she was 90 years old and I had her in and did a little conversation interview with her and talking about some of the things that she's doing. And she was taking like painting classes and she's like, well, I'm no good at it, but I just wanted to learn. And I'm like, why wouldn't you take a painting class at 90 years old, because what the heck, <laughs> why I'm not? Trying to learn, I'm trying to learn Spanish. So I'm, I'm doing it on the Duolingo app. I, I don't know if I've told you my joke. People will ask me, do you speak other languages? And I'm like, sure. And they wait for me to say, and I'm like, you've never heard of it. They're like, no, no, I'm sure. Brooklynese, I'm sure you can hear it. But I want to learn Spanish. I mean, I'm embarrassed. I don't know another language. Yeah. So you know, I'm to learn Spanish. I need to put you in touch with my five-year-old because she's fascinated with Spanish. I'm not like anything of like Hispanic culture, anything Mexico. Like she is absolutely fascinated. She'll count, she'll randomly, I'll walk in her room and she's counting in Spanish up to 20. And I'm like, I don't even think I can do that till high school. Your your daughter and I are going on a week immersion program together. Yes, I love it. I love it. Come on, stop. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so good. So one last question that I have for you is what haven't I asked you that I should have? Did you steal that question from me? Cause I asked that all the time. Oh, I didn't, but great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think the answer would be to the question you didn't ask is that success and life is not a straight line. Mm. And hardly anything ever goes according to plan. And the things we worry about are usually not the things that throw us for a loop. You know, when I had my kids, when, when we had our third son, my husband and I literally did not, did not sleep more than two hours in a row for two years. The bags were like, my kids tease me now saying, mom, we thought black circles was like how everybody, all the moms were supposed to look. <laughs> The thing was, we went to school and moms didn't have circles in their eyes, brats. And failure is just part of the journey and use it. And it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. Look at it as an opportunity. Like I will ask people for feedback like this. Okay, give me the feedback. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I can take it. And I breathe deep because it's really hard to hear that you suck. That's the only way you learn and have a plan, but don't be a slave to it for your whole life. I could not have asked for better advice and that hit home for me too. So I'm going to take that, absorb it and live by it. Dr. Patty Ann, I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with us here today. You've added such great insight. You've kept it fun. You've made me laugh at least. So I'm just so grateful for our relationship. Thank you. I'm sorry you pulled the short straw. Brian was able to get out of, to get out of Dodge and not be here. <laughs> He's like, we all have our unique abilities in Dan Sullivan language. He's like, yes. Brittany, the conversational interviews, that is your unique ability. <laughs> and you do a great job. You do oh, a great thank job. You. Thank you. Well, that wraps up our episode of the Dream Architect Life Podcast. 
be sure to like, and subscribe, maybe throw a rating in there too. We would love to have you be able to get the first alert to our latest episodes. And of course, if you have not checked out Dr. Patty Ann Tublin's podcast, hop on over, do that right now. Dr. Patty Ann wants to share one more time what that's called. The trust doctor, restoring trust and enriching significant relationships. Excellent. Well, we will catch you right back here at the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 